Your kids' lives will not be changed no matter how great their education is. 
Your kids' lives will not be changed no matter how good they are at fishing. Your kids' lives will not be changed no matter how good they are at sleeping in. But God's, well, God will change your young people's lives if you get them to God's house. Amen? Let's get behind that next time we have it. Amen. Let's get some more young people here. It's going to be great. Praise the Lord. You got your Bibles turned with me. I want to read from a couple of passages. The first one is found in the book of Psalm, Psalm 34. Psalm 34, we're going to read from verse 1. Say amen when you're there. Psalm 34 verse 1 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast to the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Verse 3, O magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. Verse 4, I sought the Lord. And He heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. Amen. And that other scripture I want to read is found in 1 Samuel. And I'll explain why we're going to read in Samuel when we get there. 1 Samuel chapter 21. There's a story in here I want to read. First Samuel 21, we're going to read from verse 10. Give me a second to turn there. I missed my home church. Man, it's nice to be back in my home church. Amen. Verse Samuel chapter 20. I'm going to read from verse 10. Say amen when you're there. And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul. Turn to the person next to you say fear. For fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of of the land, did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart, and the Bible tells us he was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. Turn to the person next to sore afraid. He was really scared. He was out of his mind with fear. Sore afraid. And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, you see the man is mad. Why have you brought him to me? Have I a need of mad men that you have brought this fellow to play the mad man in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Would you just close your eyes with me one more time this morning? Hallelujah. Let's just go to the Hallelujah. Lord and pray once more. Jesus, Fresh thank you man. for your word. Your word is powerful. Oh, yeah. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it is living, Lord God. Your word yeah. will change Hallelujah. people's lives, Lord God. Yeah. I pray, Lord, you open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word today, Lord God. I pray. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Sister Carrie, why don't you stick that title slide up for me? I want to preach to you for a little while this morning on heard and delivered. Heard and delivered. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated this morning. Back in Psalm 34, for those of you who have your Bibles. 
Some of you will have above the psalm, you will see there is a little superscript that is written that explains the circumstances behind the psalm that David has written. And in my Bible, it says this, a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. Now, Abimelech is just a fancy Philistine term for the word king. Right, so this psalm was written when David was reflecting on his time when he was in Gath. Amen? Put your hands up this morning. If you've ever woken up in the middle of the night, just suddenly afraid for no reason, or something's woken you up out of a deep sleep, and like, and your heart's like, anyone, anyone done that before? You know, I think it's happened to a few people. You know, we were traveling, like like you all know, we went to, we went to Alice Springs, and on our first... Night, we stayed in a motel in Charters Towers, and you know, that motel that was one of the old style motels. You know, where you park your car in front of the door and you go in, and they've got tea on the door, and the walls are about that thin, and the people on either side just seem to make so much noise. At about two o'clock in the morning, there was three guys and a lady having an argument right outside our window. We've been driving most of the day, all we really wanted was a nice sleep, but they were arguing like right outside and like, what was that? Someone yelled, drift back off to sleep again. At 4 a.m. someone decided they wanted to get on the road early, so they decided to slam the car doors of their car really loudly, repeatedly. I mean, how many times do you have to shut the door? I mean, bang, bang, bang. Wake up with a sudden start because something has woken you up and you're trying to go back to sleep, but you're trying to Calm your heart down because it's not expecting and it's racing and it's pounding with fear, right? It's something unknown is happening. You know, David knew a little something about fear. And you know, one of the things I like about people in the Bible is that they're real people. I mean, we often lose sight of that fact, right? We, we just often look at people like David and think, wow, what a hero. We look at people like Samuel and we look at people like the Apostle Paul. And we think, wow, they never had any problems other than just being persecuted and stuff. But they didn't struggle with things. They didn't worry about depression. They didn't have fear. No, that's not true. The Bible doesn't hide anything from us. It gives us the what's and all view of these people because they're just regular people like us. Amen. And David knew a little something about fear because it was fear that had driven him to... God's soul, the Bible tells us, was out to kill him. And, and I don't really even think David exactly understood why. I've done nothing but serve the king of Israel. I've done nothing but fight in his armies. I've done nothing but deliver Israel victories, and yet the king wants me dead. And so he was afraid. And he was alone. And he was hunted. And without being sure why, he had he had gone from being a hero to being hunted. And he'd gone from being a celebrity to suddenly being a criminal. And everybody was out to get him. And the Bible tells us that his home wasn't even safe. Saul sent soldiers to his home to try and assassinate him in his own bed. His workplace, the palace, wasn't safe because he sat in front of the king and started playing his harp. And the king chucked a javelin at him. You want to talk about unfair dismissal claims? I mean, man, picked the javelin at him. I think it was twice. And once at his son Jonathan. He was crazy. And so, driven by fear, David ended up alone and afraid in the land of the Philistines. 
in the city of Gath. And you know, in Gath, things didn't seem to really get too much better, did they? Because the Bible tells us that he was captured and brought before King Achish, and they told the king, they said, this is the one of whom they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Now, I want you to cast your mind back, where was that song sung? That song was sung when David, as a young man, picked up his sling and killed Goliath. Do you all know where Goliath was from? Goliath was from Gath. Where's David? In Gath. He's in the giant's hometown. And all these soldiers who have arrested him and brought him to the king are saying, Hey, you remember our champion, Goliath, the one who we trusted to deliver us, who was killed by a pipsqueak teenager? Here he is. But it doesn't end there for David, because you read a little bit further in the narrative, David finds himself with the priests of Nod. And he says to them, I don't have any weapons, have you got a weapon? And they go, we don't have anything except we've got a sword. And that's the sword that was owned by Goliath of Gath. So not only is David in Gath, but he rocks up and strapped to his side, he's got the sword of Goliath, which would have been a very unique sword. Everybody knew, because David said there is none other like it. Everybody knew in Gath, that was Goliath's sword. So if there was anything else, he could have just, oh, it wasn't me, I didn't kill the giant. He's got his sword strapped to his head. See, fear never gets you anywhere good. When you are driven by fear, it never leads you anywhere healthy. It never leads you anywhere safe. And that's where David was. He was driven by fear, and it only led him to places where he was even more fearful. Amen. And as David begins to think, and he begins to say, okay, I can't get out of this. And the Bible says that he begins to pretend that he's mad. He begins to let drool come down his face and he begins to scratch at the floors and at the walls like he's a lunatic. Like he's crazy. Amen? And it seems that in that moment, David realized that I cannot get out of this situation unless the Lord helps me. And from that moment on in the narrative, we see that David begins to inquire of the Lord for every step that he would take. Before he would do anything, he would talk to the Lord. God, where would you have me go? We don't record anywhere where David actually asked God for direction until after his time in Gath. And so David starts to move from being afraid to trusting in God. And I think it's fair to say that we live in rather uncertain times. Certainly when you look around us, look around at what's going on in the world with the, the COVID-19 and the shutdowns and the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, we live in a very uncertain world. We even look around at what's going on even in our local church as we get ready to move over there. Right? So many uncertainties, things we've got to work out, things we've got to do. And, and because of all of these uncertainties in the world today, I see many, many people who are afraid. They're afraid of COVID. They're afraid of getting vaccines. They're afraid of not getting a vaccine. They're afraid the government is taking away freedoms. People are afraid the businesses are shutting down. People are afraid the jobs are being lost. 
And I don't want to minimize any of that because I think it's okay to acknowledge the fact of fear. Because things are changing. And we like to have a plan, amen? amen. We, we like to know what's going on. We like certainty. And that's probably been the hardest thing about everything that's going on since the beginning of 2020 is we no longer have certainty. We don't know what tomorrow holds. I mean, we never knew what tomorrow holds, but we like to think we know. Hello? Amen. But it's fair, and I think we should acknowledge the fact of our fear because, you know, in Psalm 56, if you flip forward a few pages in Psalm, Psalm 56, have a look at the superscript here. For those of you who have got that little introduction part, it says this, to the chief musician upon Joath Elam Reckoning, Miktam of David, when the Philistines took him in Gath. See, this psalm is related to the time that David was in Gath as well, both this psalm and Psalm 34. And listen to this, verse 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, for a man would swallow me up. He fighteth daily oppresseth me. My enemies would daily swallow me up, for there be many that fight against me, O thou most high. That sounds like a reasonable cause for fear. Things that would make any normal person feel afraid. Right. And David was afraid because he says this in verse 3, What time I am afraid. He acknowledged these things. And he acknowledged that he was afraid. He acknowledges the fact of fear. He acknowledges that there are things that are outside of his control that he cannot put his finger on and direct like he would. But he says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. See, David put his finger on the one thing that he did have control of, and that was that he could trust God in the middle of his situation in God. The right. fact of fear is always there, but so too is the choice to trust God despite Amen. the things that make us afraid. David's not too cool for school. He's not full of false bravado. He's not an idiot. He's not stupid. He acknowledges the fact of fear and he puts his hand up and says, I am afraid, but I will trust in God. Brothers and sisters, listen to me today. The fact of fear is there, but the choice to believe that God is in control, that is with Him. Our purview. Amen. God has a purpose and a plan for us, and we can trust in Him. Amen. We can trust that nothing will catch God by surprise. Amen. The Bible says that He will keep His word, that His word is faithful. Amen. And so we can trust Him. Someone say amen. Amen. What time I am afraid, I will trust in God. Right. But how do we know? See, David gives us the answer in Psalm 34. Most, most scholars, when you study it, they say that Psalm 56 was written while David was in Gath, or pretty much right afterwards. But Psalm 34, most scholars agree that this was after David had taken the throne. And David was looking back and reflecting on his experience in Gath. Yeah, and, and I think the first thing that David says is, I will bless the Lord at all times. Someone say at all times. All times. His praise shall continually 
be in my mouth. I think the first thing we need to make a decision to do as a church is when things are out of control and we don't know what to do and our life feels like it's in chaos and our business shuts down and we lose our job and we're worried if the government's going to support us. The first thing we need to do is lift up our hands and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It doesn't matter if things are good. It doesn't matter if things are bad. It doesn't matter if things are out of control. It doesn't matter if my plan is being fulfilled. I will bless the Lord at all times. It is a choice that I can make. There might be things outside of my control. There might be things I don't understand. There might be things I cannot do in my own natural strength. But I can lift my hands. I can fall up my knees. And I can say, Jesus, I trust you with my life. Jesus, I trust you with my family. Jesus, I trust you with my work. There is nothing that is outside the control of God. Hallelujah. We can trust Him. Despite our fears, amen. And David goes on. He says in verse 4, I sought the Lord and He heard me. I don't know about you, but I find that encouraging. I find that encouraging. Because we have a promise from the Lord. But when we seek Him, when we seek Him, He will hear us. I find that to be so encouraging that the omnipotent creator of the universe, the one who holds the stars in his hand, the one who has observed the creation of the world from the very beginning before time began, who holds it in his hand, and that God who veiled himself in flesh and came and died on the cross for my sin and for your sin, that God, that God, that God, he hears me. I lift my voice. He hears you when you talk to him and you say, God, I don't know what to do. He cares. He concerns. You matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bible says that when we call his name, he is listening. Micah 7 verse 7 declares, my God will hear me. Zechariah 10 6 says, I am the Lord their God and I will hear them. And because we have that promise, we can trust God. We can trust that He is not too far away. God is not far removed. God is not some distant God who is unconcerned with the affairs of your life. No, He loves you. He cares for you. He went to a cross for you. There's unconditional love on offer. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. He may open the path of salvation for you. Amen. Don't tell me God doesn't care. He cares. And He will hear you. When you call, someone say amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Bless your name. Not only do we have a promise that He will deliver us, sorry, that He will hear us, we also have a promise that He will deliver us because David wrote, he said, I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Not only can we trust that God will hear us, but we can trust that He will act on our behalf. God does not sit back and look, oh, look at that. My people are fearful again. My people are worried about something again. No, He's saying, come on, talk to me. Talk to me. I want to hear your voice because I want to deliver you. Amen. But what does He deliver us from? The Bible says He delivers us from our fears. 
And I think sometimes that's where we get it wrong. Because you, you look at David's situation, and something happened in Gath. You can read it in the Psalms that we read, that changed his attention. And God delivered him from his fear. We don't ever read of David really being fearful again. But he was still alone. He still ended up in a cave. Saul was still hunting him. Nothing changed. Amen. On his circumstances. Amen. You know, David might have wanted to be delivered from Saul. He might have prayed and said, God, just zap Saul with lightning. Just phew. You could do it, God. It wouldn't be hard. Just put me on the throne straight away. Don't forget, David knew that he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. Samuel told him that when he anointed him with oil. He might have prayed and said, God, put me on the throne right now. But David, writing Psalm 34, like I said, in hindsight, he realized as he was penning this, he said, I saw the Lord and he heard me. But he didn't deliver me from my circumstance. He didn't deliver me from my situation. No, he delivered me from my fear. You know, we want God to deliver us from our situation. Lord, take this away from me. Lord, I want to be healed of this. Lord, I want this gone. Lord, change this situation. But God doesn't always do that for us. But what He does promise is that He will deliver us from fear. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 2, we like verse 1. Verse 1's good. But verse 2 says, Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. You know, when we are delivered from our fear, it doesn't change the fact that the army is still there. But the promise is that we will be delivered from our fear. God will hear us and He will deliver us from our fear. Amen. That's why, brothers and sisters, we don't have to be afraid of what's going on in the world. We don't have to be afraid of COVID. We don't have to be afraid of the COVID. We don't have to be afraid of vaccines or not vaccines or whatever. We are so caught up in fear. We need to be delivered from our fear. Amen. And as we get ready to move over this road, hello, so many unknowns, so many things we don't know. Our building crew is locked down in Sydney right now. I can't fly them up to Queensland not without breaking the law and I don't want to pay that fine. Amen. So many things are outside of our control, but as a church, we can make a choice to trust God. Amen. And He will deliver us Amen. from our fear. You know, it's a question of focus. Because that's what changed in David's life. He was no longer focused on what was going on around him. But instead, David began to seek direction for his life from the Lord. Because here's the thing, fear paralyzes you. Fear paralyzes you. When you get focused solely on what is going on around you, it is easy to get distracted. It is easy to get frustrated about what is going on, but when we seek the Lord for direction in our life, when we are letting the Holy Spirit lead and direct our life, we have nothing to fear. Why? Because our focus is elsewhere. Our focus is on pleasing God. Our focus is on seeking His will for our life. And you read a little bit further on in the narrative of King David's life. In 1 Samuel 23, just a couple chapters later, and someone comes to 
David and says, the city of Kailah is under siege by the Philistines. The old David would probably go, oh, I don't want to take that. This Philistines are there. I've only got 400 men now. I'm just going to stay happy here in my cave. The modern David might go, yeehaw, let's go. But the biblical David said, hang on, I'm going to seek the Lord. The Bible says that he sought the Lord. He said, Lord, do you want me to go to Kailia? Do you want me to fight against it and deliver it? And God said, go. Now, it's funny when you read the story, because David's men were like, whoa, 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 David, hold up, hold up. Because David's strapping on his sword. He's like, okay, let's go. God told me to go, we're going. So David went back to the Lord and said, God, just double check it. If you get it wrong, you definitely want me to go. God said, go. So it didn't matter that David only had 400 men and the Philistine army was there. It didn't matter they'd already set up their armies now waiting for him. David had a word from the Lord. So he went. Why? No fear. Because God had directed him. His life was now focused on living for God, pleasing God, and seeking the Lord's direction in his life. Amen. Yes. So the question is, as we get ready to wrap up this morning, is how does this apply to us today? There are many things we can fear. Depending on who we are or where we're at in our life, you know, maybe we're at school and we're afraid of what people will say about us. We don't fit in with what everyone else is doing. Maybe at work we've been afraid of shutdowns that might affect us. Our livelihoods could dry up, our hours could finish, maybe there won't be as many clients around as parents, maybe we look around at this world and we're afraid of what the future might hold for our kids. But I want you to know today that despite our fears, we can be delivered from them. It's not going to change your circumstances. You're still going to face those kids at school. You still may face a shutdown. You still may lose your job. You still may lose hours. You still may struggle. But the difference is, is we can be delivered from our fear when we shift our focus to God. And we shift our focus on pleasing Him, Amen. looking after God, God's interest in what He wants for our life. We may have to contend with some of these things. We may have to deal with the uncertainty of the age that we live in, but we know that like David, we can seek the Lord. We know that God Amen. will hear us, and we know that He will deliver us from our fears. But the choice this morning is up to us. Are we going to choose to trust God? Are we going to choose to trust God? Are we going to choose to change our focus on everything that's going around us? No, no I won't say what I was going to say. I won't say what I was We need to make the choice to trust God. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. We'll stand this morning. Amen. We do something a little different this morning, if that's okay. You know, we'll say goodbye to the live streams of some of this time. Stop button on that. Praise the Lord. Psalms 121.